You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey, 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 listen to the X-Man podcast every day. What's up? It's your boy, Doc Coyle, the X-Man podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a couple weeks since the last show, maybe even more than that. I don't know. <laughs> I've been on this tour right now with Papa Roach asking Alexandria for a little over three weeks, something like that. And um, your boy's been out here trying to wrangle interviews and it's been a bit of a challenge i I keep having almost getting interviews and then and not working out schedule wise um but i was i have been able to get a couple and hopefully i'll get a couple more but that's really the main reason for the delay in episodes is just you know got got to get the people and i'm you know i don't want to put out no damn bullshit so uh you know, I'm just trying to make sure I get you guys the right people. And, and you know, I basically have a list of people I want to speak to. And then obviously people get added to that list and I'll make a mental note of that and I'll try and add people, but I'm trying to keep it interesting and also keep it within, you know, some of the initial elements of what I wanted to do with the show, which is kind of talk to ex-members of bands and people have gone through certain journeys. So I'm out here and I'm definitely working on it, but, um, I have a great show coming up with you with uh, Justin Wang. I will get in that in, in a little bit later. But real quick, I just wanted to actually kind of acknowledge that I think we're in a really cool moment for heavy music, metal, rock, whatever you want to whatever you want to say. Uh, recently, Slipknot just had their third number one album, um, and I think that's really really badass. You listen to their album, you know they're still really really heavy. And they still do really weird stuff. And they're an interesting band. They're an artistic band. And they're not always the easiest band to listen to. And they kind of still have that impact. And still kind of, they keep growing and doing crazy things. And that it still has that much of an impact. And they opened up number one in a few countries. Australia, England. um, And I just want to congratulate them. And even though it's like, hey, why are you... You know, kind of rooting for the for the big dog. I I I do think it um it matters and it all filters down to to everyone. Um, you know, recently Tool just got their music on streaming services and released a new song, and all their albums went to the top ten of iTunes. And they're you know, and there's so there's it seems like there's this 
thirst for this end of things and it's making an impact. And I just I just think it's a really cool time to to be around. Killswitch just dropped a new album that's great. Uh Volbeat just dropped out. A lot of a lot of bands are dropping albums. And uh, you know, I just a lot of people it's a lot of uh, you know, rock is dying or you know, musicians can't make any money, blah, 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 blah. I get it. There's there's a lot of negative ways to look at things, but I also think when things are going well and, you know, our ilk is making an impact, I think it's also good to acknowledge it. So I'm, it makes me very excited, and I just wanted to just put that, put that into the universe. Uh, this week, I don't actually have a band sponsor, but I do have, I guess, an advertisement, advertisement, as my uh, British friends would say, do they say that? Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just uh, projecting on that. Anyway, actually, we're gonna be advertising a product, and it's actually uh, OJ Chris Ojeda from the band Byzantine, and his father invented a tool that actually helps with doing with installing wood flooring. So check out their blurb. The Floor Cam is a revolutionary flooring insulation tool. Its rust-free aluminum lightweight design ensures durability and portability, both integral to quick, flawless flooring installation. The Floor Cam has no moving parts, which allows the device to easily withstand years of operation. No competitor tool is as durable, simple, or effective. The Floor Cam will help you save time, money, and most importantly, help you achieve a beautiful finished product free of gaps. So there you have it. Um, I'm not Mr. Handy, so <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll personally be messing with the floor cam. But if you are someone, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that uh, renovate houses and do things like that and are very handy and always do, doing things, uh, installing stuff and not having to pay, you know, a third party. Uh, but if you want to check this out, you can go on kickstarter.com and they have a campaign going and just search the floor cam and that's C-A-M. And you could also go on Facebook and search the floor cam and you can uh, ch- you can check it out. There's a whole video uh, kind of A-being how their product worked against other tools. And I think it looks really cool. And, you know, OJ, he's a fellow brother of, of heavy metal, also a alumni of the X-Men. And we always want to support our people out here, especially, you know, guys that are branching out, doing different things and uh, kind of flexing their entrepreneurial uh, spirit and doing all that stuff. So definitely check that out. And thank you to them for sponsoring the show. So uh, with that out of the way, um, and obviously if you guys want to sponsor the show, you know what to do. Just uh, send me an email to podcast at gmail.com. That's E-X or send me a DM or any kind of message on social media, and I will get back to you at my earliest convenience. So with the business out of the way, I just want to give a quick intro to this week's guest, uh, Justin Wang. Uh, you may or may not be familiar with him and uh, and his work. He is mostly known uh, as being a YouTuber or, you know, we kind of get into that, whether he's a vlogger, how you want to kind of um, describe what what he does. But, uh, you know, I met him. Well, we talk a little bit about this uh, when we start talking, but we, I met him. He was in a band called Pui. He's a guitar player. He's also in a band called uh, Jinx. And, you know, I really want to keep expanding who I'm speaking to. And I feel like a lot of the influence in our culture right now is really coming from places like YouTube. Um, and he he has found a lot of success in a really short amount of time. And, you know, and I and – I, 
just want to keep bringing on different stories and different perspectives and not just do the musician, here's what it was like to do this. And that stuff is great. Um, but I want to keep bringing you guys interesting people uh, who have interesting, thing, interesting things to say um, outside of just uh, how they tune their guitar or something. <laughs> um, but anyway, I will, I will let the conversation uh, speak for itself. So please check out my wonderful conversation with the awesome Justin Wang. And actually, little caveat, I say it earlier this, but your boy was pretty hungover, so I might not have been my sharpest. And if I wasn't, then you know you're going to get your money back. Oh, snap, I forget. This shit's free, son. That's right. Enjoy this conversation. Well, hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from The Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. All right, so here we are. It's X-Men podcast, uh, the, the hungover edition. <laughs> you know, so um, so Justin, I'm gonna need you to do the heavy lifting here. Like I I'm, got you. Like I'm really need like all those uh, vlogger muscles, the the vocal. Like like one thing I was I was going through all your videos. Yeah, I was like, you got like a you have a good strong voice. You know? I do. It's weird too because like, I always felt like until I started doing this. Actually, no, it wasn't with that. It was there was this point in time when like I was going off on Snapchat a lot. With my friends and people were like, oh, you got like a good voice for this and this. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should do something more and like bullshit on Snapchat. And then uh, then I guess it carried over to the channel. 
it helps. It helps. Well, well, I can tell when um when you're you'll have like images and then you'll do like the voiceover. It sounds very official. Just just saying, you know. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. Thanks. Anyway, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I'm trying to get more people on the show in different kind of mediums even though you're a musician there's, gotcha. there's, there's a lot of musicians yeah i was gonna say like, i know you primarily <laughs> as a musician but then i look at like the, some of the people you have on the show i'm like dan like musician wise that's like way like above like where i'm at everyone you bring on here i got a little there's a little fuzzy here let me yeah get on the his fu- mic he has fuzzy on his mic i can't have that guys all right yeah i'm trying to run a fucking because of yeah, that fuzz on the mic's gonna wind up in my mouth somehow <laughs> so it's it's better but um yeah so I, let's let's talk about the background uh you were in a band called uh Pui Tribe yeah a New York based uh I don't even know what you describe it as it was it like it was like tribal like world electronic music. yeah it was like a what would i describe it like Actually, you know what? You know what it reminds me of recently. Have you seen this band, The Who? But like, not The Who. The Who. They're the on a record band. label. They're on oh, really? Seven. Yeah. They're fucking awesome. But then I think like they are like, in terms of, like Mongolian like metal sounding cultural shit. I feel like what we were doing with Pew is kind of like in that vein, but with like a more of like a Middle Eastern vibe. Yeah, and uh, and so. For you guys that don't know, and probably most most of you don't, um, Pui did really well in New York. You guys had a really good following, some really yeah. like, die diehard fans, and kind of was out of nowhere. Uh, you guys broke up. Yeah. Well, to me, it was out of nowhere. Maybe for you, it wasn't. No, it was kind of. You know, it was weird with that band, and actually, like what I wish with that band, because like we did do one European tour. And, like, I've been in, like, other bands touring and shit, but the European tour that I did with that band, it was, like, night and day from any other fucking tour I did in my life. Yeah. Like, it was like, it was just us and the um, the headliner, who was Visa, they had toured with Serge Tankian's band, his uh, solo project in Europe. They did really well, and it was, like, it was that headliner, us, like, there were, there were maybe, like, one or two support acts that popped up throughout the whole tour, and every night we're doing like two to five hundred people who my band at the time, they never fucking heard of us and they were still losing their shit. Yeah. Like I was like, damn, if we could like hit those places like more regularly, it would have been good. But it was I feel like within that in terms of that particular project, everyone just had like a different idea of like the kind of um the amount, I guess, of like time and stuff they wanted to put into things like that. And plus it's really fucking expensive to go to Europe all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's difficult to break any band, and uh, I ended up, I was actually kind of quasi-managing uh, Pui for a minute when I first yeah. moved to LA, and I was, you know, pitching the band and trying to get you guys record labels, because I I saw a lot of, um, you know, with uh, NC, the front man, he had a lot of charisma. And, oh, 100%. And, you know, and, and that, just that confidence and it was just different you know so i i saw a lot and then so when it ended it was like you know i guess it's just it's just so tough you know and i'm mm-hmm. i'm in a band that's doing really well and people if they knew the behind the scenes with, the, with our band and how much money this costs and how you know oh, before yeah. we get paid or any money gets down to us how many other things have to get paid for and how big you have to get to even really get to even a middle class lifestyle. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you think of it in terms of fucking hours, f- forget about it. Yeah, but like, let you have to, just livable. Age. But you have to go to Europe and lose money. A few, even our band, like we've gone to Europe twice, and both tours have been in the red. Yeah. You know, uh, 
one, one very significantly, one one less significantly. Hopefully, next time we'll, we'll be in the black. But uh, but even that. So I I I I totally get that. So around the time all this happened, I I kind of moved from New York and kind of fell out of touch with everyone. But you know, uh, I would kind of stay in touch with you on Twitter and yeah. kind of see see stuff. Yeah, here. we we wind up like in like the same like shit posting threads like uh, <laughs> a bunch of times. Well, I don't like, shit post. I'm a, I, I'm oh, I, oh you you serious post. Well, you no, no. I post. here's what I do. I here's the way I, I I look at everything. Sometimes I I say something serious, but I'd say I try and at least in recent years, especially, I just try and have fun with things and have and try not to take yeah. anything too seriously. Like I have this thing where um Ben Shapiro quote tweeted me recently. Uh, oh no! And <laughs> what uh, did that do to your mentions? Oh, it was just it was a <laughs> dude. The horde came after me because you hear about that, like, oh, the Twitter horde. Um, was and, it was was it an agreement quote tweet or a oh, disagreement? No. Oh no no no, he oh. was he was coming Uh-oh. at me, and uh, and so what I did was I just started having fun with people and like yeah. and not like calling them names or shitting on them. It was you know just having 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 fun with it. So my my main thing is there's so much negativity out there. And so pe- people are so riled up about whatever their issue is. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to try and find the funniest angle on it and try and give, you know, make someone smirk, you know. Yeah. But, it, but anyways. I mean, that's 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 how you win Twitter. Like once you get too emotionally invested in serious, like even if you're right, you still lose. Uh, how many how many reflective shades dudes were there in your replies that day? Reflective shades. Reflective shades in a truck. <laughs> no well here's what i would get the well one you just get the the no picture avatar oh yeah you know that guy um a lot of american flags mm-hmm. which listen nothing wrong with the flag but if it's no. in, if it's in your actual profile i'm like calm down all right you don't yeah you know just relax, i mean relax. I, I feel like people know though like it's not like it's not like you're against the american flag it's like there's just a certain type of dude that like Hat that fits that archetype that happens to have the American flag in his profile that yeah. will wind up in your mentions if Ben Shapiro quote tweets you. It's listen, it's I'll, I'll trust me. I, I I roll as much of the American flag in profile as I do if it says trans. Uh, was it not trans? Was it sectional? What is it? Uh, not transsectional. What the? I'm fucking trans. Up. Wait, what, transsectional? No, what's uh intersectional? That's intersect. The word. Tra- wow. <laughs> I told you guys I was hungover. I'm I'm fucking. You're I'm hungover. Really bad. You're not drunk. Listen, I'm. I mean, you, if you were, then you wouldn't be hung over. You don't know how I felt today, man. This was yeah. like. Um, no, I can see it in your eyes. An, <laughs> you got that dead, dumb eye in your look. You can't tell a transsexual from an intersectional boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, good. You're, you're I don't want to screw bags right now. Listen, if I don't want to screw it, screw it up. I'll end up on, uh, you know, someone else's mentions and get have the horde come after me. Yeah, so. you'll have the different horde coming after you. Then that's right. That's right. I've argued. Trust me, I argue yeah. with. People on the left just not maybe as much people on the right, but almost. Yeah, that's how it goes. Like people like catch a glimpse of like a thing you said and they think like you're like they kind of like assign you to the group that like they have a problem with. They got to let you know. Yeah. Well, me, I'll go. This happens to me all the time. I'll have someone, usually someone on the right. um, And I'll just talk to him and be like, hey, dude, not your enemy. I'm not this caricature you have built up. Yeah. And I'm like. Let's actually talk. And then eventually, even if we don't agree on anything, they'll be like, well, you're a pretty cool dude. And they'll follow me. Yeah. And it'll be like deplorable patriot <laughs> something. And me, I'm you know, I'm not coming from that way at all. But it's like, you can just talk to people and realize like, hey, man, this thing doesn't work well as an actual apparatus to change people's minds 
or make good arguments or have conversations. No, so I all. don't try and use it for that. I say, hey man, let me hear from you. Talk, you know, talk to you. I'm, not, you know, but I don't get the whole. I don't really get trolling as a mentality. Yeah. It just does nothing for me, you know. And I understand mm-hmm. why people do it, but it's just like, like, well, hey man, you're not going to get me because I'm not here to fight you. You know. Yeah. Well, I think there's layers to it. Like you can either do it just to be a dick, or like there's certain ways you can have it be a funny thing. But like I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily get that. Or like they don't get how to do it right, so it just comes off like they're being a dick. Yeah. So um kind of go back to what we were, we were saying. So after the band split up and we were kind of talking on Twitter, um, how did you end up getting into uh was it i mean you consider yourself a vlogger because you kind of do these like almost research based pieces so like how would you describe uh your youtube style or people um they kind of lump me into i guess you would call it the commentary community but there's definitely like i guess what i the most accurate way to describe it i guess there's kind of like this like sub sub genre of commentary that's like uh like i guess like a storytelling kind of thing like you have people like me who like kind of like summarize like things that happened on the internet at a certain point like for example i just finished recording one about um years ago woody harrelson had a really disastrous reddit ama so it's kind of like summarizing the events surrounding that i have to watch that. it's i i I didn't know if it was going to be boring enough but i feel like this might wind up being one of my best ones but is that how it did it start with pieces like that oh no like when i got started i like was gonna be like a gaming let's play channel like my very first video which i left on my channel it's me playing the adams family for nes (laughs) and uh the next one's like mario 2 and then eventually i guess i got to the point where i'm doing those and i just kind of start talking about things while i'm doing them and then eventually kind of became just the talking about things how how much see i i feel like there's this venn diagram of content creators on on youtube or especially in in that world where the centerpiece is probably video games then the offshoot is like there's anime over here mm-hmm. and there's kind of like anti-sjw rhetoric over here yeah. and like there's these certain kind of through line where i almost feel like because i'm not a gamer mm-hmm. i was when i was a kid like basically up until the last game i really got into was a uh, um assassin's creed when i was recording yeah the, the first one uh yes but it was like god forbid was doing our not our last album but our second last album so this is like 2008 that's the last time i was like really i would basically go to the studio and come home and play assassin's creed actually now that i think about, i don't think i ever i don't think i ever told you the story one of the first shows i ever played in my life was with god forbid really it was um it was in my old band severed you were on that tour with uh you were out with pissing razors and scar culture we didn't do we didn't do that tour. Maybe that was a show. Maybe maybe it was at Lemore's. Uh, all right, I'll tell you all the times we played at Lemore. We played at Lemore uh, with actually with all that remains back in like two like ninety nine two thousand. Then we headlined there, uh, and then we played there with Opeth, Nevermore. We played there with Hapery. Did we play with Hapery? I feel like we did. Uh, we played there with E Town Concrete. And then we played there with Arch Enemy. It might have been the Arch Enemy show yeah. then. Because we did play in Arch. Actually, my vocalist at the time, we uh, we had to sell a certain amount of tickets. 
So like there was a thing like all the bands selling tickets at Lemoore's would do where it's just like, oh, like you chill by a train station. Hey, you need a ticket. Hey, you need a ticket. Hey, you need a ticket. And he tried to sell a ticket to like the guitar players from Arch Enemy. And they're like, really, dude? Hey, I did that to uh, LeJean from Seven Dust. Hell <laughs> yeah. He's like, nah, man, I'm in the band. He was wearing the sickest Testament hoodie I've ever seen. Nice. It was like a white Testament hoodie. It was uh, from Demonic. It was hard. I need to find that shit on the internet. Damn. Yeah, it's probably like... Uh, Mad money now, because <laughs> yeah. like old band merch is like it's fucking expensive all of a sudden. Oh yeah, especially if it's especially if it's cool. So um, no no. So I was I was thinking like because I've fallen out with video game culture, and mm-hmm. now basically video games are the biggest media in the world. It's yeah. not even close. That I'm almost missing this kind of like connection to what because it's it you know because so much of Meme culture, for example, is like an inside joke within an inside joke within an inside joke. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and then kind of having that aspect of it. Like, is there something you think intrinsic to uh, gaming uh, lifestyle or, or the mentality that kind of it makes it conducive to YouTube? Because it seems like so much of it is like PewDiePie, for example, yeah. is like the biggest dude. I think there's certain degrees of it where it definitely... Um... You know what? No, let me say it kind of like it's a weird thing where it kind of feeds into each other. Where It does definitely does help to have that gaming foothold in it. But then I think of like how much like of meme culture is like tied up in specifically Minecraft. Yeah. And I literally I played Minecraft for the first time in my life last week. And? And I was <laughs> like, I, I mean, I enjoy it was fun. Like at first I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? But then once I got it, I'm like, oh, I understand why people like this now. But there were so many references to things in the game from memes throughout the years that I that I kind of like already knew so much about the game without ever having played it. So I kind of like, even though I didn't have the baseline of like understanding the references from having played the game in the past, I already, I wound up getting that baseline from the culture surrounding that whole uh, part of the internet. Yeah. And there's also a great South Park episode. About um, Minecraft? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> all... I, I fell off with South Park. I got to see that. Oh, never fought with South Park, man. They're always... Yeah. I feel like even they've kind of struggled in the last years, almost because of the Trump thing, because... They, yeah, they weren't planning on that. Well, they weren't planning on it, but I think Trump is the hardest... He's so out there, you can't really lampoon him because he himself is a, a, a cartoon version of himself. Well, so, yeah. It like it's I feel like in a lot of ways, Trump being like so easy to mock in a lot of ways has kind of ruined a lot of comedy. But I don't think he's that's my point. I actually don't think it's easy. I think it seems like it's easy. Well it seems what it seems like is low-hanging fruit. So like a lot of people will go for like the real, like obvious hack shit to come at yeah. him. And then it becomes this weird thing where it's like, well, if you don't laugh at the terrible jokes somebody made about Trump, people are gonna think you're a Trump supporter. So you kinda have to be like, Oh, great joke guy. Yeah, I think it, I think it goes in a lot of ways because I think at the heart of it, especially like on the you know the talk show circuit or the Daily Show and things like that, uh, they have so much disdain for him. Mm-hmm. And listen to me, I don't fucking like the guy either. Yeah. But uh, but I've I've kind of it's morphed into kind of ambivalence. But uh, they have so much hatred. I think you can't. It's tough to come at comedy when you're like that mad. I think so. It it so you can yeah. feel that you can feel that that because it comes too serious, well, right? It, if, it becomes a thing where it's like they 
they start to care more about getting their ideas across than making people laugh, and that kind of that fucks it up. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, it's almost like this analogy reminds me of of like remember like the X Men? You have like the Blob, the mm-hmm. the character, and you someone would punch him, and it would like his stomach would like absorb your your yeah. punch, and that's to me what like he is. He's like you hit him, but it's like he just absorbs it because it's that's a a fantastic way of putting it, like. <laughs> So it, like even it, if he it, looks like an idiot, it doesn't matter because he doesn't have a shame any shame about yeah. sounding dumb or saying so it doesn't really matter. But anyway, enough. We ain't gonna make this no Trump podcast. Fuck that <laughs> shit. I got be- we got way well, better things to the, talk the, about. The resistance podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be one of those. No, it's just come on, man. It's just, yeah, just no, I know out. what you mean. It's played out anyway. Um, so so when you started YouTubing, it was what like what what was the goal? Just some fun to do or just um. It was something I had been thinking about doing for a while, uh, just in general, like, to do the Let's Play stuff. Yeah. Like, actually, no, even before that, what I wanted to do was a why not? Channel. Why not Twitch? Twitch, um, honestly, at the time, it was more of just kind of thing where it's like, I didn't really, um, I didn't really get streaming, I guess. Like, uh, I, I don't really know how to put it. I was just, kind of, I guess I was just kind of more entrenched in the culture of like what YouTube is than what Twitch is. Like even now I'm streaming up pretty frequently and, and, uh, like kind of like focusing more on Twitch in the past few months. Mm-hmm. But even now it's kind of like, there's I haven't really used of, it. So I don't know much yeah? about it except that it's, people say that, um, the monetization is a lot better and that, you know, it it's is. just, gr- it's just growing. That's what you know people say. It's like just where a lot of people are at. Absolutely. I was actually talking about this with like some other YouTubers because I kind of see now like you, um, Twitch is starting to get a few competitors pop up. They have Mixer who just signed Ninja away for untold who knows how much money they threw at him. Yeah, I mean it's Microsoft, so like they have deep pockets to get Ninja away to an exclusive deal on Mixer, um, and then you had DLive who got PewDiePie to an exclusive streaming deal. So you see all this money getting thrown at streaming, and you see how much more. Um, efficient the monetization is on streaming and you start to think well maybe there's been a lot of people clamoring for like a viable competitor to youtube but at the same time youtube itself doesn't turn a profit so and that's with like they don't they don't no how is that possible it's they literally don't create any of the well i guess they do have their own original content now um and but uh i mean with the amount of ad money i mean it's just like I think a, a big part of it is just like the costs of maintaining something that big with so much um so many gigabytes, maybe even like terabytes of data being uploaded yeah. around the having clock. they having to basically house all the um uh, all all that data is just crazy. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile yeah. you look at Twitch, they'll keep your um your video for um I think it's two weeks and then it gets deleted. And you okay. can like save the highlights you want. It's and like whatnot, the, it's like the Snapchat of uh, streamers. Exactly. Like there's a, definitely like a lot less burden in that regard. Um, I'm not sure about the specifics of like how their money goes, but like I'm like maybe it's just like there's more. There's just in general more money in streaming than there is in video. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I think there'll always be a demand for an edited video and a stream. Is, it almost feels like a supplement to that because. Mm-hmm. You can watch as many 10-minute videos. Well, not as many as you want, but you can keep on watching those. If someone streams all day long, there's no way in a million years that you'll watch all the content they put out. But it's good to have it, like, 
I've seen it described like streaming almost kind of feels like a social experience where you're hanging out with somebody, but then a video is something totally else. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was so get the, so a friend of mine took me to a let's play event mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, a let's play event. Yeah. Like, was it a tournament or like, just no, like... they had a, what was it? Rooster teeth. Oh, okay. So Did, just uh, like a... and for you guys that don't know, cause I didn't know anything about this, this is like, you know, very like I, I feel like it, I, you know this is the first thing that really made me feel like an old person you know it's basically uh this company where they you know kids watch these guys play video games and they comment and they make jokes and whatever and i'm like and i'm talking to my friend and i'm like so so they're like really good at video games huh he's like nope <laughs> i'm like yeah. uh so why why are they and it was like so there was this event in in LA, I forget I forget the venue, uh, really beautiful venue um, in in Hollywood. It was like you know three thousand kids there, screaming like it was Justin Bieber, right? Yeah. And they basically go up and they play video games together, and it's on this big screen, and they just like crack jokes like Beavis and Butthead or something. And I guess these kids think these guys are really funny. I was like, I'm funnier than all these motherfuckers, man. Yeah. Goofy, <laughs> goofy sons of bitches. You don't have no brothers on the stage, all right? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's and then that kind of opened up. i was like oh there's this whole, whole other world out out there you know yeah it's crazy too like when i was at vidcon a few months ago well not a few, like a month ago there um i feel like vidcon like i went basically to hang out with like other youtubers i know and things like that but like the fan experience i guess it's kind of like more tailored to the younger crowd so there's people walking around with like tens of millions of subscribers that I never fucking heard of, but they're around. They're like people are losing their fucking shit. What about them. you? So now you're at over four hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, I'm at four hundred. I think I like just hit like four ten. Yeah, four ten, four twenty, something like that. But that's a big fucking deal. Congrats, by the way. Thanks, man. Because I was looking, I was looking through your videos, and two years ago you had a video that said it was like celebrating fifteen hundred subscribers. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, man. It's really wild. Like, when it started to grow, it kind of, like, it came, like, really fast, like, all at once. Yeah. Like, it went from, like, being, like, you get, like, a few, like, thousand views on a video to all of a sudden, like, you're, like, getting, like, 100,000. I had some that hit, like, a mil- million or more views. Do you think that was because you kind of found some uh, wave of content or something was like, oh, I hit kind of this this type of video or maybe the subject matter that really tended to work or that your production value got better or was anything like that or maybe all of the above? I can tell you like specifically like the like kind of like the things that went together that really like shot off my growth. Like basically I had the Tales from the Internet series, which is the one where I talk about the internet stuff. And which is great. I th- thank you. Yeah. I, I think that's like most people's favorite of the stuff I do. But um I had a few of those built up and I liked making them, but like compared to like anything I would make that would be like talking about a trending topic or something, those videos wouldn't do so good, but they would kind of sit there in my, uh, my back catalog of videos. And when the trending topics would die off, those would keep accumulating views because it's the kind of topics that like, it's not tied to a trend at any given time. So it's as good today as it is like 10 years from now. Yeah. Um, No, that's great. That's, that's good. That's very smart. Yeah, I, it's like something at some point I started to think consciously about that. Like, why am I going to put so much effort into a video that people won't care about like an hour from now? Yeah, but, uh, yeah I think that's that's great. It's funny. I kind of go with this show. I 
I feel like it. A lot of my favorite podcasts are topical. It's like I'm a big NBA guy or like yeah. politics. Like, oh, the, the debate happened yesterday. Let me listen to this. Get the reaction to the debate or, you know, this NBA trade. I want to hear it right away. So I almost go the other way where it's like I almost have been doing more topical stuff just because podcasts in, in that way, they're not quite as they do. They are a little more disposable in that, in that way yeah. where people listen to it and it kind of just go, goes to the wind. There, I mean, there's some podcasts where I like I'll go through like the whole. Fuck, it's, I guess it's like more of like comedy podcasts. Like I'll listen to those like year old, several year old. Yeah, pe- those, people but, do that with mine because yeah. in my show, a lot of it is a career retrospective. Yeah. So you know, there's a traditional X Men show where we kind of go through the whole career, and I can see it. People go back to the very beginning and listen to everything. So you know, it kind of yeah, it kind of there's there, there's both ways with that. Um. So so talking about when you're doing these tales from the internet. Um, do you have like a, a wealth of ideas? Cause I imagine something like that. It's like, you're, you're going with some of this stuff. That's like deep cut back in the day. Like, like I'm like, how, how did you, so sometimes you get a certain thing. I'm like, how did you even, how do you even research some of that stuff? There's, um, there's basically like a few different ways. I Just have Google, <laughs> like Google I, motherfucker. <laughs> there's like a lot of shit I talk about is shit that I was like around for just cause like, I've always been like very online. Yeah. So like, there's like, actually like when I did that Reddit video, I was talking about before with the Woody Harrelson AMA, basically like the way Reddit is like, if you vote on something like upvote, downvote, um, it stays there forever. And then like past six months, it can't be changed. So I'm going through the archive and I like one of the posts that I had to take a screenshot of, like I had my upvote, my downvote on it. So I was like, oh, I can't even get rid of that anymore. It's like make it be like a blank Reddit thing. So it's just it's there now. And a lot of the things like that was just there for them. But uh, it's kind of a mix of the topics. I actually have like a note file where it has a list of things that I've been meaning to talk about. Sometimes I'll just feel like, all right, now I really want to make this video. And sometimes it'll be one of those, sometimes it'll be something that is like thought of off the top of my head. Or every once in a while I'll get like an email that's uh, like an idea. It's like, hey, like this is happening right now. And it might be a thing that I'm interested in like doing. Yeah. Do you do a video a week or? I aim, in general, I would aim for a video a week. Now I kind of have a secondary series. It's like, um, just kind of like, I, like my, uh, I have these streams where I look at old Angel Fire websites <laughs> and I cut those up into... Um, like kind of like bite size videos for YouTube, so it's been about two a week recently. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, I don't know. I'm I'm. There's a couple kind of people in the in the YouTube sphere. I had my buddy Finn McKenty who do, does uh, punk rock NBA. Oh, I watch him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's good. Yeah, he's 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 great. And then um, I know uh, you know Derek Blackman. Oh yeah, some black guy. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. him. Somebody. Was he ever on the on the podcast? No, we've been talking, but I I just yeah. want to get more people in this in this realm because I think it's hey you know it's like one if you're the the same type of guy that starts a podcast is generally the same type of guy that has a YouTube show like you can take the same kind of idea and me I was you know did a lot of writing um, you know uh, basically pieces making a statement about something and that's and even my Finn was like well he's like all that's those articles he's like that could be you know, a vlog, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I'm trying, I'm just trying to get more people on because I'm, I'm really fascinated about um, where this is going because it's so actually back up a little bit going to VidCon. Yeah. Uh, did you have an experience there where 
did you have like an interaction with fans or kind of see something, you know, in the real world kind of relative to, to the newer success? Um, actually, well, you know, what's interesting, like thinking about that, um, I kind of like, it goes back to something we were talking about before with like people being online and like not being, not, it not being like a good format to work shit out on Twitter and whatnot. I did, I would see things where it's like, you would have people who had like, you know, like beef on the internet, but in like real life, like people are just chilling. Like people don't actually like, I mean, people care somewhat, but like people don't care about all kinds of like beef and shit like that in person. Do you have beef with people? The way they do. I mean, I, there was a guy that I made a video about that kind of, he was, he came to confront me in person and we had a very brief, not very productive conversation about it. Well, not like heated or anything. It Do we want to mention who it huh? is or no? Oh, all right. So I had, I did, um, do you remember Maddox? He used to have that site, the best page in the universe. No, oh, he still has it. I did. I remember seeing that video when I was scrolling through it. So I, I didn't yeah. know who he was. But, uh, yeah, like, there was another dude that, like, we both knew, like, I'm standing at the bar, and he brought him up to me, and it was basically, like, the gist of the conversation was he was just kind of, like, there's, you know, like, I think it's better to see people in person, because the way you feel about people on isn't necessarily how you feel about them in real life, and then he basically said there's a lot of things that people think that aren't necessarily true, but we didn't really get into any specifics Mm -hmm. or anything about it. Should have did that thing, like, man, come on the show. Let's hash it out, baby. Make yeah. it into content. Yeah, that I feel like he wouldn't have done that. Yeah, to be honest. So who was this guy? Like, what was his he, deal? Um, he was like uh, a very early internet satirist, I guess. And basically, like a lot of the coverage that I have about it is about his lawsuit with his former co-host um, on on the podcast, which it was a really good podcast, the biggest problem in the universe, mm-hmm. and. It's like there's like it's such a meandering story that I really couldn't uh, hash it all out in a very satisfying way right now. But the way me and probably most of the internet sees it, he was like the dick in that. I mean, ironically, his co-host name was Dick, but he was the dick in that thing by suing people for millions of dollars for what essentially boils down to making fun of him on the internet after he made a career out of making fun of people on the internet. Right on. Well, it's 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 interesting because, uh, you know, I'm in many ways, you know, kind of go back to what I said before about being fascinated about about this um, cultural change and how much influence I feel like YouTube has, especially in uh, political realms. Mm-hmm. And I don't even mean from a like a policy standpoint or things like that, but it definitely I can't think of one platform that has kind of shaped the way young people think or can take, you know, inflame a, a conspiracy, for example, and kind of, uh, you know, g- you know, go down that, that, that end of things. But do you, do you feel there's, I feel like there's a lot of group think in a lot of certain kind of vloggers. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, where it's like, for example, and you can kind of f- fill me in on, on this, how, how you feel about it. But for example, the, uh, the PewDiePie thing recently where it's like, we have to get, PewDiePie has mm-hmm. to be the number one. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, why? Like, who cares? Like, he's already the biggest dude, the richest guy. Why are you guys all invested? It's, it's like it's like if everyone was, like, lobbying to get Michael Jordan his, like, seventh championship when he's 40 years old. It's like, yeah. he's fine. What, what, like, are you, 
were you for that? Do you don't care? I don't know. Well, give me, can you give your thoughts on that? I think what was going on in that story. I mean, there uh, part of it, like there was just kind of like a level of irony to it, where it's like, it, it, at least in some aspects, it started as just like this fun thing. Oh, like this company is coming up. Let's like get PewDiePie past them. But like at the same time, there's kind of this um, this shift in YouTube where. It's like people, I guess, like people like PewDiePie that kind of represent the last of like the original um, YouTube creators who were just like kind of like guys in their apartments making shit. And the company that is now the number one T series, they're a, a big Indian corporation that they're basically churning out. They're, they're essentially they're like the biggest multimedia company in India, mm -hmm. and they kind of I guess like represent the shift of YouTube towards from the individuals to big corporations. So it was kind of like that was in a way built up to kind of like represent the end of that. As soon as they pass him, now it's like the corporations run YouTube. The corporations already run YouTube. Yeah. But I mean, it's, in terms of <laughs> the, the advertisers yeah. pay for shit. So it's, it's in terms of the content creators though. Yes. The content creators, it's still like, even like guys like Logan Paul and Jake Paul, like they're kind of like, I mean, they got, they're big machines, but they were like they start off as like fucking kids on Vine, doing shit, and now like you you'll get like a trending page that's dominated by like Jimmy Kimmel and Conan O'Brien and Ellen and things like that. So it's kind of like even though T Series, you know, they're an Indian company, they don't they're not necessarily a part of all that. Well, not like that. I mean, if you have to think about it, I would imagine India has what damn near a billion people. Oh yeah. So of course they're gonna have a lot of subscribers. Mm -hmm. They're in India, there are yeah. people on YouTube, right? I I, I presume that's yeah. where it's it, it's coming from. Well, I, like their rise coincided with um, I think it was something with um, it it was some kind of like thing that happened in India that caused a lot more people to get on the internet who weren't on the internet before. I don't remember if it was like a better pricing plan or something free or something like that. But basically, like people would get in, get on the internet brand new and just be like, "Oh, I'm going to subscribe to T Series because they know T Series." That's like T Series is like it's everything over there, pretty much. It's like signing up to like uh, if you were an American who's never used the internet before, and you're like, "Oh, NBC, I know NBC." Yeah. No, I I I hear that. Do you like uh, PewDiePie? I like him now a lot more than I did back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel there is um and there is like a turning point for him where he he was like this guy who was like putting on this big over the top act for little kids and whatnot and there was some point where he kind of uh he sat himself in front of the camera and spoke about how like he was kind of like overplaying his emotions and things like that and like it wasn't really the real him. And he, like, he didn't really want to, like, be like that anymore. He just, like, wants to just, like, you know, put himself out there for real. And it was, that was, like, a big turning point for him. And I kind of, I was, I think a lot of people kind of came around to him at that point. Yeah. Well, it's just, I, I guess, obviously, he's been in the news a lot in the last couple of years for, you know, mm -hmm. dropping N-bombs and uh, yeah Nazi uniforms and things like that. And it was... I just, I just noticed, you know, his fan base, it's called that, <laughs> cult of followers, um, you know, they they have a very particular way of de defending him. Like, he's like God or some shit. Like, he's yeah. like, he can't do no wrong. And I just, I don't know. There's something, I'm skeptical. And I'm not, a, I'm not a follower. Yeah. But I'm skeptical. I think there's something about, it's the same thing with like, uh, 
imagine like a radio host, like a talk, you know, does like AM radio, mm-hmm. you know, like Rush Limbaugh. And it doesn't matter even their politics, but you just say, hey, man, just talk four hours a day by yourself. Yeah. I think I think that could fuck you up. And and like, and How just, so? make, just be your, I think there's a way of being, um, or actually, let me put it this way. Here's a better way to look, look at it. Um, it takes a certain kind of person, same thing with me, right? Mm-hmm. Who says, I think my opinion is valid enough that other people should hear it, right? Yeah. And when you take that to a certain level, right? Because there's one thing to be, say, hey, I'm going to play video games and sc- scream. That's fun. Yeah. All of a sudden become, say, no, well, I'm going to skew this. Actually, it's going to be about more, I'm going to be a, a, a critic of culture or yeah. social commentator. Those are two different things. And it doesn't mean just because you're good at that thing that you're going to be good at the other thing. Yeah. You know, and I think when you get really successful... And you get validated by money, then you start to think, "Yeah, I I know what's up," and everyone else is an idiot. And I think you could all you take all that and put it together, and I think it's really difficult with with someone like that because he really is a single entity, right? He's just out there, and I just feel like yeah. that can just, I think that can that can screw screw you up. I think we're generally we're all better when we're in a, a collaborative effort, you know. Um, like it's like uh difference between being a you know in a band and a solo act, you know? Like you ever notice like every uh female artist, pop artist goes crazy. You know what I'm saying Whitney Houston, Britney Spears, you know, Fiona Apple. See, that's like it's the weird they, thing about those though. I Diva, like, I'm telling you, because they're alone. They're they, alone, but they have machines around them. They got but, people around but them. But ultimately, it's like think about this. If Christina Aguilera turns an ankle or the show's over. Tens of thousands of people are disappointed. Motherfuckers are out of work. That just the pressure of being one person. I think can 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 take yeah. a lot. Now maybe I'm going a little deep with it. Yeah. But. I, also, I think that's like a di- kind of a different thing too. Like like compared to like PewDiePie, like people like like he wouldn't have that. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know specifically, but. I still think he runs like a very small operation. Like I know he has like a couple of editors he hires. That's I think about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, listen. I'm. You know. Truth be told, after after the long rain I just just went on, I I speak more from a place of ignorance than I do of uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of really having some some knowledge. But I just I'm just skeptical of um. I guess f- followers of a certain whether it's a person or an entity that are kind of, you know, uh, a little cultish about it and kind of like our guy's untouchable. And that that yeah. stuff always makes well, me a little uncomfortable. What's funny about that, like I'll, I think that happens to like anybody who has like any size of a fan base. Like yeah, sometimes course, I'll say, sometimes I'll say shit and like my fan base is nowhere near the size of PewDiePie, but sometimes I'll say shit. I'm like, wait, I'm not so sure about that. And it's, it's already too late. Like people are like, oh, yeah, Justin said this, like, this is like, yeah. This is this is the law now. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know, and I'm like don't don't I'll think like don't put that level of trust in me. Like I don't know shit. Yeah, and I think there's like and speaking of South Park, when they were actually trying to make fun of Trump, the guy the guy from the school, the the one teacher who was supposed to be Trump. Oh, Mr. Garrison. He, he literally went on stage. He's like, "Don't vote for me. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything." They're like, "Nah, we don't. We're not going to listen to you." We, that, you know, what I'm saying like how yeah. that even if the person that everyone loves tells you, don't listen to me. Mm-hmm. 
they're still once you have that level of fame or or connectivity they're gonna they're gonna want to follow you you know it's a weird thing you know anyway enough talking about fucking pewdiepie (laughs) um so one of the things i like about your your content um you know it more so than i think than some of the other things I've, i've seen on youtube is you know you're you're kind of you dispel and, and debunk conspiracies. Like you really get down like, hey, here's this thing everyone's talking about it. Let's actually look at the actual evidence and see what's going on. It's a real grounded kind yeah. of kind of kind of level. And uh speaking of something topical, I need someone to talk to this about. And I figured you'd be the, the good guy. Mm-hmm. Is this Jeffrey Epstein shit? Um I don't know. I, I... I, f- I feel like the day that Epstein died is the day everyone became a fucking conspiracy theorist. Because even though, even though I'm like I'm the most skeptical dude, I'm like I don't know, man. There's a lot of things that are going on here, and I I know that I'm the one who always fucking hates when people like point a shit. They're like I don't know about that, man. But here's, 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 can can I give you a, a thing about it? Yeah. If everyone has the same reaction, isn't that probably and in, and here's what it is it is a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, it's not a uh, an intellectual exercise. It's not evidence based. Mm-hmm. It's all. I think it's the, that reaction, and especially was mostly manifested in in Twitter. And by you know, if you guys don't know, Jeffrey Epstein died, and everyone or supposedly committed suicide in prison, and every person from the president to the attorney general to you know. On the left and right, everyone was, was like, clearly he was murdered. And it's like, and yeah. but the but, but thing is, I think it could be anything. But I think it's the most relevant thing about, it says the most about who we are than it does about what actually happened. How it, so? I, th- I think it, it is emblematic about this, like, what... We are a society that does not trust anymore. And mm. and you can they have studies that can show like uh you know trust in the media, oh, yeah. trust in institutions, Plummeted. trust in the in, in the government, and more often and then most importantly is actually trust in each other. Mm-hmm. Right? How much a particular populace has the tr- you know trust their their fellow man. And I think it shows how we've come to this point you can listen you can go back to vietnam and them lying about that and jfk's assassination and 9-11 and every fucking thing that's 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 let us let us up to here but we're a culture that is conditioned you know honestly we watch too many fucking movies and tv shows and presume everything is fucking house of cards yeah and guess what some shit just ain't and it's like the fact that the most obvious thing is the last thing we consider, I think means we're pretty fucking stupid and more importantly, really, really cynical. You know what I'm saying? Like the dude yeah. tried to kill himself two weeks ago. Yeah. but So no, no. If the dude tried to kill himself two weeks ago and then he kills himself two weeks after that, isn't that the most obvious thing? Well, yeah, but even if he killed himself, why was he allowed to kill himself? Like why? Like why? Like you have okay. like pretty, pretty okay. much like the most, the most important prisoner. Let's back. Let's back up. How much yeah. you know about pr- prison? I mean, I've never been. How? Here's the thing. 
You know what I know about prison? What? Nothing. Yeah. Okay? And just like most people, they don't know shit either. Well, that's true. So, the, but, but, my, but my general point is, it's like, remember that scene in, uh, in Office Space, jump to conclusions, Matt? Yeah. That's what we all are. Mm-hmm. We're a giant jump to conclusions, Matt. And what we do, and I, and I think, I think it, it tells you about the, about the human psyche, especially, especially right now, is that we fill in gaps of our ignorance with kind of our preconceptions. So whatever you already thought in your mind, well, if I don't know what's in there, well, I was, and you just play it in your mind. Well, I have this idea of what a prison should work. Oh, do you? Do you, is that in line with the way, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. it, it's based on nothing. Like, what is that based on? I don't know. That's true. I don't, I don't <laughs> know how a prison works. I don't either. I'm like, is that normal? I'm like, are, you know, they were talking about this particular prison was, and, the, and, and here's the other element of it. Usually after something, uh, an event happens, a crime, uh, right away in that first day to like week is when you get all of the worst and cloudiest information and misinformation and disinformation. Mm-hmm. You actually need some distance from it. So then, then you get the article. And the thing is, people never remember the retraction. They only remember the one really crazy story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? And I almost guarantee you something crazy will happen, right? Like in the next couple of days, that'll be like, breaking news. It turned out this prison guard did write something, right? That'll happen. Then two weeks later, like New York Times will do actually like an in-depth thing explaining how that really wasn't totally accurate. But no one will remember that article. They'll only remember the initial thing. Oh, yeah. I've seen that with a lot of news stories where it turned out like there was a crazy news story that happened that it turned out to be bullshit. But everyone still thinks, well, actually, I've, some of my videos are about things like that. Yeah. Like the um, the uh, the Chinese guy who ate a baby. What? Or, who was this? Oh yeah, there is a Chinese guy. Who, like there is this thing that like would go around a few times about this Chinese guy who supposedly ate a baby in Taiwan or I think it was, like whole. Yeah, and there's <laughs> pictures of it. There's pictures of it, but then it, it was like it, this was like an old fucking um chain letter that you would get it with the you would get like the message about how like this is like happening in Taiwan and it's considered a delicacy and blah blah. Oh, so that's blah. just some. So it's like a racist thing you know or stereotypical kind of yeah. supposed to be i don't know but then like they had all the pictures and they were like it was really fucking convincing pictures but then it turned out to be like this art installation yeah i and there was like thing, a, i saw a, a movie called jurassic park and they had very realistic dinosaurs yeah so pictures ain't everything <laughs> <laughs> well just wait till we get the fucking deep fakes then like forget oh, about yeah. it yeah so anyway continue i cut you off on my oh yeah dollars. then there was another one with um this one might be more known. It was because, like, this one still circulates every few years. It was um, a woman who, like, basically, like this um, this married couple had a bunch of kids, and they were ugly as fuck, and both of them were like very good looking parents. And there's a picture of like this uh, the, the these two beautiful parents with all like fucked up looking kids. Were they like like uh, deformed? Not to form, but like they were just like you would look at those kids and be like, these are ugly fucking kids. Jesus. Like they they don't like they weren't to the point where like they were like disabled or something, but like they you would just be like, yeah, what these clearly don't look anything like the parents. And then it turned out that 
the wife had plastic surgery and she was ugly too and the husband sued her <laughs> and made all this money back and it happened in china so we don't know what the laws are over there so like maybe maybe this is true and it's apparently the whole thing originated from like uh, a single i think it was a singaporean newspaper that, well newspaper it was basically like their equivalent of like the weekly world news and so like that story came from there and it was taken it was combined with a picture from a plastic surgery ad where like the picture of the the good looking parents with the ugly kids was the plastic surgery ad but it was never intended to be like seen as like here's a real thing jesus christ but anyway this shit's crazy you know what i'm saying yeah. is that i got i think my th- this particular story you know that going back to the jeffrey epstein thing just hit a hit a, a particular nerve with me mm-hmm. because i was i almost tweeted this that you know there's Wisdom, actually, maybe I did this idea about wisdom in crowds. And actually, I was re- watching one of the things where you you said the opposite. You're like, people individually are smart. When you get them together, they're really stupid, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I it was like it wasn't my quote. I quote, I was quoting something, but I forgot who said it originally. Yeah, you know, um, which is like mob kind of mentality. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of have this theory that so generally people tend to be on one side of an issue, right? It's like yeah. very, like we're, we're very predictable. It's like the liberal people think this, conservative people think this, whatever. But every now and again, you have a scenario where everyone is on the same team, right? Yeah. Where they all think the same thing. It rarely happens. And I've noticed it a couple of times. One, I remember when James Comey went before Congress and gave his thing. Yeah. And basically you had this, you had, Liberals were mad at James Comey because he sent that email about you know the about Hillary right before the election, probably cost her election, right? Then people on the right were mad at James Comey because you know he got fired and then he came out and said all this, you know, he exposed Trump, you know, said all this shit about him. So when he went up there, if you just went and it's just everyone just hating on fucking James Comey. Everybody's hating on him. And so me, I'm like, if all these motherfuckers hate him. And they basically all hate him for partisan reasons. Mm-hmm. They're just picking their thing they don't like. I'm like, I almost think that's evidence that they're all wrong. Hmm. Is that is that dumb? I don't know. For some, I I, I can't I, tell. I don't I don't know. Like I can. Uh, or is that they're all right? But I but for me, I'm like, they, I, I feel like we've all been in that situation where. We agree with someone on something, even if it's not something as serious as like a political investigation or anything. But like, you, there's just times in life where you'll agree with someone, but for completely different reasons. But like that's what's come to the same. But conclusion. they're all for bad reasons. Yeah, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's that they're not looking at the full context of it. They're just finding the one. Oh, he did this to me. He hurt my team. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of looking yeah. at, you know, and I, and I think a lot of it, you know, too, is just. Like I said, this age of of cynicism, and there's there's one other there's one other example, and it was uh, remember Rachel Rachel Dolezal, the the yeah. the white lady who was basically pretending to be black. Mm-hmm. Everyone hates her, right? Yeah. So liberals hate her because she's cultural appro- appropriating. Yeah, right. They're like, don't you can't do that. You can't stop stealing black people's hair, right? Stop stealing our our culture, right? Mm-hmm. And conservatives hate her because you know they're just like well, why are you trying to be black what's well, so be white 
White is great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they, so, so I guess that makes Rachel Dolezal the ultimate radical centrist. No, here's the thing. There's a documentary about her on Netflix. You know what? I came away actually having a lot of sympathy for her. Really? There's a, yo, she has huh. a really interesting story about what happened to her life and how she kind of began that way. And, you know, and you can look at what she the whole end of it and say, well, it's kind of fucked up, but it really shouldn't have been the big story that it was, you know? Yeah. Um, but well, anyway, but what, what I'm that's saying, one of those things, it's like, it's, it becomes a big story because it's so, it's like, it's a freak show. Yeah. It's like, that's what'll do the big numbers. But I'm saying so. And so there's that. And then this latest one is the Jeffrey Epstein thing mm-hmm. where everyone thinks the same thing, but for different reasons. And it makes me in all cases, I think everyone's wrong. Okay. And I don't know. Listen, I, and here's the thing with the Jeffrey Epstein thing. It could be that someone paid off a guard to, to, or did something so that he would kill himself or that someone poisoned the motherfuckers iced tea or whatever. Right. But the thing is, since I don't know, right. I can't, it doesn't make any sense for me to put my mind in that place until I have evidence. Because yeah. you either have to say, you know, either I'm the type of person that believes in evidence-based fact-finding or I'm not. You can't really have it both ways. Well, I guess that's the difference, though, between saying I definitely know and it seems to be a certain way. No, but I think there's a, I think a really mature way to, to engage in most things is to say I don't know. Mm-hmm. And just live in that space. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that not a lot of people are okay with. Like, I know that's, that's my like point. there's like this weird thing that happens on the internet where it's like everyone feels like they're expected to know absolutely everything about everything, and like sometimes you there is there are times where you just like you really don't fucking know, so you can say but, I don't know. But people, but that's I think that's part of the the culture of social media, right? It's like all of a sudden. Everyone in the world can finally voice their opinion. Yeah. So because they can, they feel like, well, could I have to have a, an opinion on everything, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as it happens, like the the hot take, the quick quick take, the first take, you know. And let's say you and I are guys who make a lot of our, uh, you know, our presence in the world based on what we think on things. Yeah. And so it's like. In many ways, I feel like, at least for, for myself, it actually, almost anytime something big happens, I try and, like, wait a couple days. Because yeah. I think that initial emotion around an issue, like, whether it's a, a shooting or bombing or some crazy, you know, just anything that happens, I think that first couple of days, it's like everyone is, that it's that gut, and the gut is not always, you know, the yeah. best purveyor of of ideas i don't know see i feel like on some level i don't think people really care what my opinions are when i approach these things like especially like on twitter i'll just be like what is like the funniest way that i can frame this yeah that's kind of how i approach this shit and that that to me like you gotta be there in the fucking uh well yeah well i'm you and me are kind of same but you're i say you i put you in the category of someone who's just like you're good at the internet (laughs) you know like and i think twitter is kind of the the place for for people who like to make an observation or make a point with a concise wording you know what i'm saying it's it's like almost like writing a joke 
Yeah. You know, where it's like you want an economy of speech and I want to kind of have a smart take, but a little wink and a little fucking yeah. nudge in your fucking ribs. You well, know. it literally is like writing a joke, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and it, and it, but, but writing a joke in a way where it's like, you know, so if I say a joke, mm-hmm. I can, you know, raise my voice or put some really lean into one word, but it's actually harder to do it when you don't have, uh, you know, to do it with the written word, I think is is, oh, a, yeah. is a bit more. You have to be more clever. You have to honestly, like, you have to consider. At least I think, like, it's like the order of the words. Like, that's kind of how like you get it across in writing when you don't really have the uh, you don't really have like what you can get from like spoken words and like inflection and things like that. Like word order, word choice. Like that's what it boils down to at that point. Right on. Right on. Okay, so I want to talk about one more thing about YouTube, and then we're gonna we're gonna move on. I want to talk about your band in a, okay. in a little bit, but um, so I I had Finn on, and we we kind of talked about, and I I told him I was like, listen, I'm getting some YouTubers on the show, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up, cause I, cause I I gotta keep it real. I can't I can't you know I can't hide this shit. Yeah. Um, you know, basically, and and for you guys who have heard the Finn show, hopefully this isn't too repetitive, but I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, so kind of going back before about this uh, YouTube um, group think, right, is a, one of the biggest themes of, of late, maybe the past year or two, two years is like YouTubers who hate YouTube. Yeah. That's like a big thing. Everyone hates mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, and me, I get a little annoyed by it. Yeah. Because A, nine out of 10 times, it's, you know, people, you know, right of center, who their whole thing is like, you know what? Everyone thinks they're a victim. You know, it's like the victim Olympics out here. Mm-hmm. And then all they do is talk about being a victim and how much everyone's against them. And yeah, YouTube's coming to get us. They're demonetizing this. And my thing is like, you know, no one is entitled to a job from yeah. YouTube. Before this shit existed, what we what what whatever you were gonna be doing was what you were gonna be doing. This thing happened to appear, and you know that's where the people are. They have the power, and you have to figure out how to fucking exist in that, or just like like it, it, what do you are you on that like fuck YouTube tip or are you? I mean, here's the thing about YouTube. I if I'm being totally fucking honest, like I'm not as pissed off as a lot of people are, but a big part of it is like I'm kind of like not. Knock on wood, I haven't had to deal with any of the demonetization issue. Well, I, like early on, I did, but it, I feel like that's kind of like corrected itself for me. Knock on wood, so it's like it's become less personal. You don't really do a lot of political kind of hot I, topics. I don't. No, I haven't like touched anything really political in general, at least on my own content. Um, Unless you but but I do like I do I do a lot of things that on my channel that people are like, how the fuck is this monetized? Like. The Jankum video, which was like a video about people getting high sniffing shit fumes. Um, <laughs> and people are like, how the fuck is that monetized? They have a video about two girls, one cup that's monetized. So like, it's kind of like, I, I don't know if someone in the system likes me or like whatever. But I've gotten away with a lot of shit that other people don't seem to get away with. But there is like something that's like, there's like definitely like... A lot, like a lack of clarity like you can like try to go along with their rules like in good faith like i'm trying like i know i understand you have these terms of services 
Um, I want to obey the rules, but then sometimes there's like a lack of clarity. Sometimes you wake up and the shit's just fucking deleted. And then it winds up being a, a video? mistake. No, like I've seen there. All right. So last week there is a channel, um, fainted. It's basically he, all he does is like, he kind of like, he reads Reddit posts, um, tweets kind of like, and like, that's about it. Like, I think there's like gameplay footage in the background. Very like, it's not targeting anybody or anything but then then one day he wakes up and his channel like he gets and has an email that his, his channel has been deleted due to like bullying or whatever he had no strikes no anything it's like what the fuck happened here and then a bunch of people contacted youtube through twitter because for some reason if you contact them directly like through youtube they don't respond but if you work up a stink on twitter shit gets done mm-hmm. and then no message, nothing. The next day, his channel is just back, and nobody knows what actually happened. Yeah, like that's kind of like a weird fucking way of doing business, especially like when they're not turning a profit. And then it turns out that last year, um, because of changes they made to the algorithm in regards to things like that, they lost seventy billion dollars more than they would have. Jesus. Yeah. So it's it's kind of part of it is probably just growing pains due to the like they're trying to train an ai to do everything it possibly can as opposed yeah. to like just hire, hiring more people well you but the thing is you literally could not oh, hire yeah. enough people in the world to actually monitor all this all oh this yeah stuff. absolutely not you couldn't hire you couldn't have everything done by hand but i think there could be more humans in the process especially when it comes to like an outright channel deletion you yeah. could have a per like I, I don't know if I don't don't know if uh, if there's a person who said yeah delete that and then it turns out to be a mistake or if it's just like the AI just did it. Do but. you feel um, where do you kind of come out on this? Because obviously a lot of people on the right feel that they're you know unfairly persecuted and they're being silenced and you know kicked off yeah. YouTube or kicked off Twitter. Well, I see like I've seen a lot of people on the left have the same complaint too. Well, I, I think I like there was. Um, and another example, actually, of one of these outright deletions, there was a uh, channel three arrows who yeah, like, yeah. is a left wing dude. And he had the same shit happen to him. Like they. um Yeah, because was he was a, doing stuff on Nazis. Like, yeah, I've watched yeah. his videos. His videos are, are great, actually. Yeah, he um he one day like his shit was just gone out of nowhere, too. And like that was like lining up with like some kind of like hate speech policy. I mean, his shit got restored. Yeah. But then there's also been cases of like. LGBT people having their um, their coming out videos demonetized because yeah. it's like sexual content or whatever, and like that was like a, a big deal too. So I think a lot of the things are um, there's a lot of different things going on. Like wow. a lot of it is growing pains of the algorithm, like just like not knowing where to fire correctly and not being enough humans in the mix to help guide the AI correctly. And then you also have people who, like, they realize that if they can play the victim card, then they'll get more money on Patreon yeah. and whatnot. Like, I saw, without naming names, I did, basically this past week, there was an issue with real-time subscribers, where real, I mean, real-time views, where it was the, the views were, like, just displaying way lower than they actually were. So, like, there were people who were like, oh, this is YouTube is, like, suppressing me in the algorithm. Look, you can see where it drops off, even though the drop-off was that where the glitch happened. Yeah. And so, it's like, oh, well, if you want to see be able to see me, then you, I guess you gotta, guys gotta dig deep then. Yeah, I mean, I, I to me, the, the probably the biggest uh, 
fallacy there is that people are taking it personally. Yeah. That it's like they're coming after me or they're coming after my ilk. And the same thing, I was, uh, uh, this guy, David Pakman. Um, oh, yeah. I really like he his. He got fucked recently with, um, with like the oh, the copyright system is yeah. a whole other can of worms. Yeah, you know, and then but I'm saying but demonetization. He's he's on the left, so it's it's. Yeah, I think if you just say, hey, it's they're just coming after us. I just think, in many ways, everyone would probably probably be better off just trying to be a bit more patient. Yeah, and kind of deal deal with that. It's they're just figuring this shit out, and it's it's you know, and they're getting. Everyone feels like they're the ones being targeted or that, like, for example, the people in the same thing with Twitter where it's like, hey, well, such and such is harassing me. And that or like the whole thing with um, with Steven Crowder. Yeah. Recently, that's just that that just happened um, where it's like, well, you're so you have one side saying, well, you don't follow your terms of service because he he's harassing me. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other side saying, well, you don't believe in free speech and you're trying to censor us. And both fo- sides feel like they're the ones being persecuted. Yeah. And that just literally can't be true. Do you know what I'm saying? That both, do you know what I'm saying? So it's it's more likely yeah. that you have a system trying to plug a lot of holes at the same time and oh, just yeah. not being able to do, to do it perfect because it's just literally not possible yet to do it perfectly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think in general, though, I think on YouTube, like political content, like it's just... I feel like with with political content on YouTube, if you're not like an established media company like NBC or CNN or something, like you're you you're gonna need to find some alternate way to monetize because I I think your your monetization is just on the chopping block. Like that's just yeah. But all I mean the good you know those smart ones like you know Young Turks they have subscribers and they have yeah. outside uh, investors and they're they're a real media company and they're they take it seriously and and. You know, you kind of have to do that. And I think anyone, I don't care what what thing you do creatively or in content, if you are dependent on the one format exactly. for your well-being, then you're you're not seeing ahead. Because guess what? No platform lasts forever. Mm-hmm. It's like being a guy like, I'm into CDs and selling CDs is never going to go away. Yeah, uh-huh. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you can't think that way. You have to understand that this is the plaf- the major platform now, but you can't get comfortable. You always have to be looking towards the next thing. And hell, this, this might have just been some bubble where for 20 years people were able to make a living talking to a camera on their on their computer at home. And then it just disappears. We don't know, you yeah. know? Well, it's like I'm like – I've always been in the mindset that like – if I'm going to be making shit online, like I really like need to like diversify my reach. And I got, I'm like, when I started making my more recent like Twitch push, I got a lot of shit for it. Yeah. Like, and it was weird to me too, because like you'll get the same people who were shitting on me for like, like putting a lot of focus on Twitch being like, Oh, well, you know, like we need like some like alternative to YouTube and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, well, like part of that is because like you, d- you don't want to like wake up one day and all your shit's gone. And now I have it set up. I also like today I pushed out on my mailing list, which people always get weird about that shit. Cause I, got, I got a mailing list. Yeah. Like a mail. You think about a mailing list. Uh, it's the pretty much like the only way you have to contact people on the internet that isn't owned by Google or Facebook or Twitter. And like, yeah, the email address, like you probably have a who, Gmail. who owns MailChimp? I'm sure it's a big conglomerate. <laughs> I, they do, but like I can print out my mailing list That's and true. have it. 
physically should, and like not have it taken away from me. I should do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, here's the thing too. I say that, but I still haven't done that yet. Yeah. Um, after this, my most recent push, I will do. So just in case, like the thing is too, I'm like, I'm not as worried about like being unpersoned, I guess, so to speak in that regard. Like you can still get Alex Jones's emails and he's like the most, uh, I get probably like the most banned person on the internet at this point, but you can still get his email. Through what do you email. think? What do you think of that? Huh? What do you think that Alex, do you, do, do you think that's fair? Do you think it's bullshit? Is it, is it too, have we overstepped, you know, the, the kind of bounds of, of the kind of internet public sphere of, of, cause here's the thing. I think he's a dangerous guy. Yeah. I think that guy says things that hurts people's lives. Mm-hmm. and puts people in danger uh but i also think there is there are also slippery slope elements to to that what can be done to someone uh or an, or an entity you know i, I don't know yeah you know, what do you think i don't mean to... i um i don't know I, i'm definitely against him being like being banned on things like in general like i'm very hesitant to want to ban anything that isn't like outright illegal like like child abuse and things like that obviously like shouldn't be around but otherwise what what, what can we say like is i think there should like be there should be repercussions for just making shit up like we can't i don't think we like i think we tend to look at some of these freedoms and liberties right that are written to our constitution and i don't think these documents could foresee something like the internet in the way that an idea can spread and germinate and that we've kind of learned that once an idea is out there whether it's true or not it never goes away right yeah. like it'll never like holocaust denial will never go away mm-hmm. people thinking the moon landing was fake will never go away and it doesn't matter how much you know flat earth will never go away um and th- there has to be something said for that that if you were literally going to just pedal in fucking just fantasy that people believe because you have a really charismatic entertaining preacher that's what i think he is i think he's a preacher Mm -hmm. he's no different than those fucking like televangelists he's fucking really talented yeah um and then make entertaining dude yeah and then make money off of it yeah like i don't like i there has to be limitations man you know I don't know. I mean, like, he's fucking up, like, victims of tragedies, man. Their kids were fucking murdered. And this guy's fucking up. Well, I think up. in the in the case of him, like, harassing Sandy parents, didn't he recently have to, like, pay out money to them? Yes, but here's the thing, man. Money is money. Yeah. But some of those people will never stop being harassed. Yeah. Like, I just listened to this, this podcast on uh, the Seth Rich murder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, breaking down what they did to the family. Yeah. Of Seth Rich, what they're still doing, like you can't put that, like you can't repay that. Yeah, the damage is fucking done, and there's no, and there has to be consequences. I, I'm not saying it's well, banned. The thing is, though, I think consequences they have to be taken to specific people for specific actions, and like not like what could happen, I guess. And like even like you, if they're still being harassed, then the individual harassers they should all be be uh, penalized for that. Yeah, but I'm saying, I mean, but if Alex Jones goes on his show and is like, there's fucking uh, pedophiles and 
this fucking pizza place and someone goes there with a fucking gun. I mean, it's this thing of like, hey, man, wasn't me. Wasn't me. And it's like, no, this shit. It's like the only reason they were able to have the the genocide in Rwanda was because of radio. They went on fucking radio and they told motherfuckers, get your machetes and go fuck people up. The guy who invented the loudspeaker to his death, to, to the day he died, was felt he was responsible for Hitler's uprise because he's like, I gave him the ability to speak. We we think, you know, words are power. And we kind of say, oh, we just say shit. Nah, man, the shit is powerful. You know, there's a reason why we, you know, presidents give speeches and fucking we like, you know, all this stuff matters. I don't know. I'm not saying we should ban them. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. So I, don't, I don't necessarily I know. Just, I just don't see like a way to head that off cleanly that isn't like, that doesn't have a lot of collateral damage. Yeah. Well, what, what what is the collateral damage though? Outside of that, like, right, you know what I'm saying? Is it Sargon? Is he the, the collateral damage or is someone it, else? I worry a lot about comedy. Like, I look at it recently. There was, um, there's a satirical website, the Babylon Bee. It's kind of like an onion type. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. There was a recently a thing with like Snopes, uh, fact checking them or some shit like that, causing them to get lumped in with like outright fake news websites, even yeah. though it's a satire website. So yeah. like that's like that kind of shit is like that. How especially we get to a point where there's like so much shit being put out that like we need algorithms to take care of it. Yeah. How does an algorithm discern satire from lies? Well, but I don't think algorithms didn't ban Alex Jones. That no. was literally from the highest levels yeah. at all these companies and done in a coordinated fashion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Clearly. Um, yeah. Um, no, no. I, listen, I, I I think you make great points, but I do also think there's um, some amount of alarmism, you know, because I think people use slippery slope, right, mm-hmm. as a way to never do anything. Yeah. Right. So, and you can say that with any any issue, right? So let's say you know talk about guns, right? Mm-hmm. So some people say we well, can't ever give them an inch, right? We can never make a gun law. We can never give away anything because once they do that, then they're coming for everything. Yeah. And it's a way of, and the same thing with free speech. Hey, we can't do this because if then if then if if this happens, then it's gonna be 1984 or. One day we banned assault rifles. Next thing you know, they're going door to door, getting everything. And the truth is, nine times out of ten, it's fucking. That's paranoia. The slippery, the the worst case scenario in most situations will never, ever, ever happen in a hundred years. But if you always scare people to say that, well, if you do this one thing, then it'll be the most extreme version of that. That's a great way to have things never change or never try to improve anything or. You know, work on the edges. You know, it 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 hurts the ability to work on issues in a nuanced way and work around the edges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just I in that specific scenario, I don't see a way that a law is drafted up that can address like that type of speech. But I'm not talking uh, about laws. Yeah. We're not talking about laws because we're talking well, about would... poli- We're talking about policy based in. You know, we're talking about Twitter and. and Facebook yeah. and PayPal and all these things. These aren't laws. These are, yeah. you know, there's no law that says 
he there obviously there are legal issues with oh, Alex Jones. I, I thought you I thought you specifically meant like legal ramifications. No, no, no. I mean, uh, no. I'm saying what's going on with him. Obviously, he's in civil. Uh, yeah. You know, he's had uh, civil lawsuits that, that that he's dealing with. Um, and I and I think it's really difficult to actually like, unless he literally said, "Go to the here and fucking shoot someone," right? You yeah. know, then you know, outside of that. But no, I'm not talking about laws. I was just using a gun thing as like a as a kind of metaphor or, okay. or, or analogy. Um, so I, I'm more talking about policy because I think people often confuse that like freedom of speech. Free, you know, yes, that has to do with the government. Well, I mean, freedom. There's a difference between the Second Amendment and the. Or the, or the first amendment rather and freedom of speech because like freedom of speech as a concept exists outside the law so you can like you can do something that's against freedom of speech and do something that's against the first amendment the first amendment applies specifically to the government doing things exactly but exactly. you can still want to uphold freedom of speech as a concept just as a social value that you um that you support i understand i understand that but you can't conflate the two Oh yeah, absolutely and I think not. people do. They they, they, they they absolutely do all the time. Yeah, you, you know, um, and I and I think it's it's I don't know. It's just it's just something where I think five years ago I probably would have said I'm, I'm a free speech fundamentalist. Yeah, um, but at the same time, I think essentially because that's been like the battleground that we're having right now is that essentially we had the internet for twenty twenty five years, maybe not even that long. Or it's the wild, wild west, mm-hmm. right? It was brand new. There's no restrictions. You could say shit. People weren't really watching you because people, not that many people were on the internet. And then obviously it built and built and built. And then, I was, then all of a sudden the regulations come in and uh, the corporations come in and, you know, all these all these different elements. And, uh, and now we're starting to see how if you take the wild, wild west and then you have to civilize it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I've I've seen I've used the term the gentrification of the internet quite a few times. Yeah. In regards to this, but that's, I, I mean I think yeah, and I and I think so. I think part of that is a some of this stuff was always going to happen. That if you lived in the wild wild west forever, and you could have your six shooter and your shotgun, and you can go and rob the town and drive yeah. off, and it was fine. You could do anything. It was Mad Max. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a cop on the beat, and there's there's Obviously, there's downsides to all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, whether you're living into a lawless <laughs> kind of wasteland or you're living in a very restrictive society, I, don't, I think we kind of want to find a healthy balance. Yeah. Um, between that, but but what I'm saying, so five years ago, I would have said I was a free speech fundamentalist. But in a sense, it's like that Spider-Man line: "With great power comes great responsibility." Yeah. And we've all been given a lot of power to be um, to express ourselves. And I think you have a generation of people who kind of have taken that freedom of speech idea and kind of use it in a way to say, you know what? And this, this is where the, the trolling and the memeing and the shit posting is to say, you know what? I'm going to say the most kind of you know edgy edgelord shit i can say Mm -hmm. just because i can yeah and then it becomes well i'm going to say it just because you said i couldn't say it oh yeah what's (laughs) that like if you want to get people on the internet to do something tell them you can't they can't do it yeah yeah 
Yeah, and listen, I I I get that. I think that's human nature. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing that you're not allowed to do is the most like feels the best to do. Oh, my parents yeah. said I I can't dr- uh, go out late, so I must sneak out the house. I'm a fucking. <laughs> you know Were you about to say my parents said I can't jerk off? <laughs> no, I was gonna say I was gonna say drink. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, but I was like, no, I'll go out. I don't know, you know. Yeah. But anyway, but like the forbidden fruit. Yeah. You know, so I I do think there is an element of that, but I think like anything else. Like, you know, I hate to keep making the the gun analogy, but it's like, you know, they make laws when we have a certain kind of weaponry and we all agree, like every person shouldn't be able to own a nuclear weapon. Mm-hmm. Right. So we do the, agree that and that didn't exist when the law was made. Yeah. And I think in some ways the Internet might be social media also might be like the nuclear the weapons nuclear of weapon. speech hmm. of speech where where. If you if you allow a certain amount of freedom, and then you can actually a influence people, b make money off it, and they've done studies like negative posts get like th- four to five times oh, yeah. more traction than so than a positive post. So I read that it was like they actually sorted it by all the different emotions. So it was like they separated anger and sa- anger. It was like anger, then sadness, then like everything else. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's I was one of the reasons why I became kind of annoyed with Facebook because I was like I was like it was either someone complaining this motherfucker cut me off or this fucking movie sucks or I hate girls or whatever mm-hmm. you know or it was like I'm really depressed this is going on I'm really sad and I'm just like I'm like I can't fucking take this shit you know but those stuff did get tra- traction you know you know. But I guess yeah. there's also that like I hate here I'm a, I'm I'm a hot chick I'm gonna post a picture of me looking hot like on the beach and then have like a deep quote underneath oh, it I, yeah. I like that one you know I guess that's yeah it's like positive. I don't want I I put up my selfie but like I don't want people to think I'm vain so I'm gonna like put like a fucking motivational like that's right a fucking speech which is fine I'm, I'll look strength, anyway strength through self love <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Something like that. But anyway, just just saying that, like, I've kind of, and it's not, doesn't mean I don't believe in free speech. I'm just saying is that I've opened up myself to having a different kind of conversation about it and say, yeah. hey, let's, you have to th- see th- see how things p- play out. And like I said, there's a difference between the government censoring you and, you know, like fucking, you know, Lenny Bruce doing jokes in fucking the 50s and literally getting arrested on mm-hmm. stage is not the same thing as, fucking getting banned from twitter it's just yeah. not it just yeah, disallows you. it fucks up your money makes it harder to make a living if you can't get uh service through paypal or visa or you know patreon or something like that i get it you know um although there was like some i forgot like i don't want to like cite the specific lawsuit or something like that but like wasn't there something recently about donald trump like legally can't block people or something because yeah. like which makes complete sense. Does it though? Because then you're kind of like you're having it. They're kind of having it both ways. Then where it's kind of like a public platform, but also it's not. Well, it's the it's the idea that he is essentially instead of utilizing um, official kind of resources, that's the way the president communicates. Yeah. So you, as a citizen, are. You know, you can't be denied access to be hearing the president because he he literally tr- he said it before. He's like, I'm my own press secretary. Mm-hmm. 
So that's his. So in a way, these are official decrees, and yeah, you have a, you have a, a, a right to see that because that's that just happens to be the platform, you know. I just I think that muddies the water a lot. Well, it's I think it just it depends on I think when you have officials utilizing these 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 platforms, yeah. Um, you know, and then here's the thing: those, uh, you know, if something happens, you're involved in some kind of uh, case, and you you have do things that imp- that you use implicate you on Twitter. They they bring that up in the trial. It's still it's still yeah. it still matters, and it's it's a public forum. But you know, uh, the the tricky thing with social media sites, it's like there's really it's hard to like define these things because there's nothing like these things that's existed before. There's just it's like this is like a totally new thing. Yeah, I mean, people try and say things like, um, "Oh, it's the new public square," which I, I kind of agree with, but I don't agree with. I I, I just think, uh, you know, it's I think it's a it's a weird thing where when you're on Twitter, for example, mm-hmm. and that's where you're at all day, like, you know, yeah. like Tim Pool, one of these dudes gets on my fucking nerves. Yeah. Where he, because he's on Twitter all day, he thinks that's the whole world. Well, there's this thing Andrew Yang kept on tweeting out about, it was like, what percent of people are on, actually on Twitter? Because like, he, he was like, do that with along with his follower accounts. It's a very, it's like a minuscule amount of people it on is. Twitter. Like, I think it was something like it might it was either like I want to say it was either eight percent or point eight percent. Yeah, it's no eight point eight percent. Yeah, it and it and if you're on there, what burns brightest, the loudest mm-hmm. voices and the most, uh, you know, kind of flamboyant takes one way or the other. Yeah, and you get a skewed version of the like if you are just on Twitter, you would think the whole world is basically neo Nazis and Antifa. <laughs> yeah, that that's. Cause that, and not because that's even who's on there. That's who people are complaining about. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, like I, like I have this real big problem with. Uh, I wrote a hard article about hyperbole and how we've kind of changed the meaning of words. Yeah, and this happens on the left and right. Um, but like for example, uh, was it white supremacists? Mm-hmm. This that phrase was only reserved for people in the Klan and neo Nazis. Yeah. Like as over, sh- overt, like swats the gun yeah. on the arm. Like. As long as like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. And now we've moved the Overton window and basically think that anyone who kind of uh, is in favor of kind of white culture in America being the more dominant strain, that anyone who's kind of somewhat in that camp is a white supremacist. And and the problem is, is when you do that, you actually remove the power from those from the phrase. Yeah. So now it's like, and it and if so, if, and I've heard people say this. I'll say, well, Donald Trump is a white supremacist. So if you support Donald Trump, you're a white supremacist. And I'm like, but you do understand what you're saying. That you're saying that if everyone's racist, no one's racist. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can't once you widen the net that much, you lose the power and listen yeah the right did the same thing with like the word socialist they called barack obama socialist yeah but i'm like well if he's a socialist then what the fuck is bernie yeah, saying yeah so oh. if he's a socialist then everyone's a socialist then you're just saying things that are inflammatory to like well, make exactly. everyone look- well that goes back to uh what gets traction on social media like you 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 have to go for the top shelf words all the fucking time yeah, but no people, shit. people believe it now yeah so just imagine that we're like it went from 
oh, well, they're they're Republican. They're you know they're you know rural person. Oh, white too. But if you really truly believe that every like half the country are white supremacists, and the other side thinks half the country are literal like Black Lives Matter communists. Yeah, you have like a cartoon version that just isn't really fucking real, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, to me. Yeah, I'm. Mean, that's uh, that's like I feel like that's kind of. Uh, I I feel like we've gotten to the point now where like a lot of people have become like more perceptive to that though and are kind of rejecting it. I don't in the way that you are. I don't know. I I you know it's. Uh, I hope that's true, and like I said, as someone who probably spends more time on these platforms that that I probably should. Yeah. Um you get a really kind of depressing kind of vantage point I, th- I think from there and it's it's difficult to know. You know, I I I really think the real world like getting out like for example, always, all these people, you would think if you're on YouTube, it hasn't been so much the last like year but like go back like 3 or 4 years ago, you would think, you know, college campuses were like the hellhole, like yeah, college, they're, fucking garbage fires they're everywhere. They're deplatforming people. It's I'm like, and I want to kind of be like, have you been to a college? Why don't you go and check it out? Go to three, four t- today. Just go around, see what's going on. And I bet they're just normal ass colleges. But one thing happens, and it gets amplified, right? Yeah. And I think the real world is kind of like that too. Like you get all these people fucking bitching here, but if you just go out. You know, go to a park, go just talk to people, see what's going on. It's, it's, you know, you're going to get a lot of that. But I think for the most part, people are, things are a lot more relaxed. But if you just, if you watch cable news, if you listen to radio, you just, you just get hyped up and people walk around with this kind of, you know, anxiety and yeah. rage, you know, because so everything it's is designed a, to make a trap. And like you, the more you go out into the real world, like the more you realize that like, even the people who care a lot about these things online, you get them out into the fucking real world, and it's not like their main concern anymore. Once you know, like you get fucking uh people around them and the fucking sun on them, it's just when you get into that, get on get on fucking Twitter, get on YouTube, you become hyper focused on like this thing and then the next thing, and it becomes anything you're looking at at the moment is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we kind of that was a good run we had. We just, yeah, you know, we, I don't know if that was productive. Or if we just like hearing ourselves talk, but uh, <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. <laughs> um, all right. So by the way, we've been going for like an hour and a half. This is a good run. Yeah. You know, having, having, having some fun here. So real quick, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go, but I just wanted to, you know, all this stuff we've been talking about, but you also have a, a band. I do have a band. Yeah. It's called Jinx. Yeah. J Y N X. And, uh, what's it? It's a, it's an interesting style because I, I, you were one of the first bands I've seen in a long time that was like self-described new metal. Yeah, like you put in there like yo, we fucking new metal, motherfucker. Hell yeah! <laughs> but then I listened to it and it's kind of like there's like you know trap influence and pop and hip hop and yeah. crazy electric electronic shit and stuff. What what's up? What's the deal with your band? Are you, is that like a serious thing or just fun or no? Like I mean, we we kind of uh, like. And you're a guitar player, by the way. Yeah, I'm you the guys don't know player. he plays guitar. So he's on the seventh yeah. strings, right? Yeah, I'm using seventh string in this. He one. has a beautiful head of hair, right? It's perfect for windmilling. Absolutely. Although there's not as many thrash parts for me to like windmill around to and shit like Listen, that. You can as long as it's you a can, groove. You can like grew out to like the kind of parts we had though. It's very bouncy. 
uh, flow. Our, our vocalist, he's like, uh, what I like about our vocals, like, he kind of, he does like the hip hop thing, but he's like, he kind of like, I, I feel, I, I, it's hard to explain, but I feel like when you are from New York, you kind of just like have that kind of, if you're going to do vocals, that kind of flow is like intrinsic to you in a way that it, it's not when you're, when you're from other places. Like it's, I don't know a better way to describe it, but I feel like it comes to him naturally in a way that it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. Because he's from New York? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. There's just like a kind of like a New York vibe that's like very much in the music, I think. New York, new metal. You yeah. heard it here first. Yeah, I think we even like said that at some point, like in our fucking, one of our Facebook bios or some yeah, shit but, like that. But you know, for like 12 years, it wasn't cool to call anyone new metal. It's still not cool to call, I call think it, it. No, I think it once it came back, or else you wouldn't have said it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was like very consciously like, here's this thing that's like, it's kind of corny, but like we like it. So we're, we're just going to like let it, let it float out there and see what happens. And if I'm being totally honest, like our song Goats, which we put out um, about a year ago, I guess, at this point, that one was our most overtly uh, hip hop influenced song. And I was kind of worried like about how the response would be to that, because we, we had a little bit of that flow in there before, but it was like still like very much, even though it was like new metal it was still like very, very uh, tied down to like metalcore a little bit, I guess. Mm -hmm. But that one just kind of like went balls out with, with like that type of new metal. And the reception was way, way better than I thought it would be. So you guys you just need to tour with Attila. Yeah, that'd be dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just go out and get ignorant, you know? Yeah. Because they all their videos look like, you know, party hip hop videos. And I saw your video and that show was looking like that. I'm like, you be. That, that, that video, the uh, what video was that? The Clipped. Yeah. The one most was recent one. That one was so much fun to shoot. I could tell. Yeah. Like that was actually, like, we had two two people, Um, because it was legitimately like we had a party for that video shoot. And there are two people who were like passed out before we started shooting. I'm like, yo, guys, like calm the fuck down. Did you like, did you pan to them? Passed out? No, cool. we, we took selfies with them. Okay. We, I, they didn't make it to the video. Yeah, I would have I I shot them and then put it at the end. Of the video, like yeah. yo, this is how hard we went, for real. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, what you call what do you call it? Um, not evidence, uh, f artifacts of that day floating okay. around the internet. So, so how, when did you shoot it? I want to say at this point it might have been like May. May, okay. So, the, May, so, so, so there's no babies yet. Like no. six, six months, we'll look at the artifacts that were made for. It, it could be, yeah, it could be. I don't know. I don't know, like. Uh, a lot of people's nights went in a lot of different directions. Oh man, see, I, that day. I wish I could have been there. That was me last night, man. Not not getting anyone pregnant, yeah. but just definitely had yeah. I had, I had too much liquor. Guys. Still recovering. I mean, it's, it's it's nighttime. You're still recovering. Well, so, here's the yeah. thing. I'm I'm gonna put you know if I remember, I'll put a little like disclaimer on this video. Like, listen, guys, I wasn't my best self, and hopefully, I didn't suck that much. But here's the thing. You know what? Uh, Justin made me a delicious cup of coffee. It was oh, a yeah. good ass coffee. I was, it was a macadamia nut. Mac, yo, and that that got me right. And I drank an entire Red Bull, so I think my brain's kind of started working maybe like halfway yeah. through. So, hope you guys uh, have liked this. And what I'm gonna do, you can send me some tracks. I'll play a song, hell yeah, of your band right after this conversation. But uh, but Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. I've had a lot of fun. I'm really uh, proud of all the all the work you've done and 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 built and just uh, it's cool, man. It's cool to see people reinvent themselves. And have vision and say, hey, man, I'm going to do something 
that I haven't done or not known for and then actually have some success. And I remember you doing stuff and it was small, but you just didn't stop. Yeah. You just kept doing it, you know, from whatever that just believing yourself or just loving doing it. And I think, you know, so many people don't, uh, they have an idea that, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. But they're that fear of failing or that fear of not being good. And it, it just gets in their way. And I, I just think uh, guys like you who, who have done really cool things, has some success, I think is very inspirational. Thanks, man. No problem, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. track was entitled clipped and it's a brand new single from justin's band jinx and that's j 
Y-N-X, and you can check them out at wearejinx.com. And that single is available now, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I was really glad I could get Justin on, um, despite me being hungover, you know? I mean, I'm going to keep saying, I wonder if I didn't say it, if you guys would be like, ah, he's good. You know, they're like, you, you always kind of, you know, equal levels of of kind of sucking. So, listen, guys, doing my best here. Um, but I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I'm a little I'm a little stuffy right now. I'm like sneezing. It's pretty, pretty embarrassing. But anyway, I really hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Justin is awesome. If you want to check out his YouTube page, um, it's uh, YouTube.com backslash Wang, 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 and that's W-H-A-N-G. And uh, yeah, man, he's awesome, man. I, I thought that was a lot of fun. And he has, he has a lot of really, really cool content. And please support the the guests of this show. Anyway, I'm trying to think if there's anything, anything else going on. Um, I just found out about a cool tour that I can't mention yet. Really excited about next year. Um, now, nah, you know what? I'm not going to bore you guys. It's a pretty long episode. You know, I'm currently not hungover, so that's a good thing. I'm going to work on not being hungover. Maybe get some coffee or something. Maybe get some ice cream, you know. Maybe hit the movies. I don't know. It's a day off. Going to see what's happening. Anyway, I love you guys. Stay up, player. I saw We were saying player, and I'm saying player, hard R. What's up, player? So stay up, player. Um, you know, do all the good stuff. And your boy will be back with way more episodes coming up. Just got Rob Arnold from Chimera show everyone's been looking forward to and uh you know i'm playing a lot of stuff anyway enough jibber jabbering mamba out is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.